The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. It is Thursday, April 11th. I am Josh Dunn. I'm joined by Anshu Khanna and Dan Bauer. Dan, let's start with you. How you doing tonight? Doing well, my friend. Always happy to record another episode of The Leftovers with you, handsome gentlemen. Wow, what a compliment to start out the night. How about you, Anshu? Okay. Wow, how do I beat that? (laughs) I'm uh, I'm excited to talk to you, handsome gentlemen, as well. Oh, my goodness. This is just – what a way to start. Uh, Speaking of of handsome gentlemen, uh, there were a couple on the hardwood last night that played their last game. Um, but we want to talk first about Magic Johnson. So a lot of controversy around this Los Angeles Lakers team. Obviously, they bring in LeBron James but can't get another one of the high-profile free agents like Paul George and many others to come along with him. And then they, they miss out at the trade deadline and kind of had a mockery made out of them with the whole Anthony Davis saga that that, that we still don't know how, what's going to transpire there. There's a lot of rumors out there that KD and Kyrie are both going to go to New York and – you know, obviously, a lot of the tampering that was talked about with Magic during the season as well, with guys like Ben Simmons and Anthony Davis, and Magic steps down. Uh, he he says that he he wants to go back to his life being fun, and he felt like he was somewhat handcuffed in the role. Uh, but this news is is huge for this Lakers team that you know trying to figure out what they're going to do with Luke Walton, Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Lakers, a big Walton fan, and you know Magic said he he liked he liked you know, having the power and he didn't want to necessarily be the person who got in between Jeannie Buss and Luke Walton. But this is huge news for this Lakers team and really the NBA as a whole. Uh, Anshu, at first glance and just kind of reading some of the early stories and reports of, of what Magic had to say on his way out, what were your thoughts here uh, at first glance? Um, I am not a big Magic Johnson fan. I think that you know, I, I've thought that he's a really poor executive many times over. He had several comments about Bryce Harper as a minority owner of the Butt Dodgers, um, which actually ended up true. I thought it was all BS at the time. But look, I, I give him credit for stepping away. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't, it doesn't sound like he was pushed out. It sounds like he just left of his own volition. And I think that that's, you know, that's something worth praising in a, to a certain extent. Like, he does like having fun. He loves talking. He loves having his face on TV. This dude craves attention. And when you're an executive, the, the fact is you just can't do that. And I actually fully believe him when he says he wishes he could be able to, like, congratulate Ben Simmons on Twitter for a 2020-20 game or whatever it was. And so, you know, those are – those are things that matter to him. I can't possibly fathom why they do, but you know, I think it's pretty self-aware of him to realize that he, you know, he's done enough and you know, he, this actually matters to him. And um, you know, he's still going to be around the Lakers. He is a Laker. Like he's, he's a part of this franchise and 
of the fabric of the organization. And, you know, there's no doubt it'll still be we for him as far as the Lakers go. But I, you know, I think that the Lakers will be better for it and he will be better for it as well. Yeah, and GM Rob Polinka is going to stay in his job, and his his role probably will expand as a result of this as well. He obviously uh, has his hands full with what they're going to need to accomplish this offseason, and with with Magic stepping down, it, it's probably going to it's probably going to delay what happens with Luke Luke Walton's situation because there was a lot of speculation that he would be fired. There were rumors out there with a few names that the Lakers were potentially looking at to be his replacement. And then, you know, you have the whole LeBron situation. There's rumors out right now that people don't want to be in Space Jam 2, uh, you know. And, and Giannis. We heard Giannis That's say awesome. that he doesn't want to be Hollywood, and there's been some other guys that have, have passed on it as well. And it's just starting to seem more and more like, you know, you had the, the injury issues with LeBron. You had the trade deadline fiasco. And now you have, uh, you know, this Magic Johnson and Space Jam 2 news that uh, that are they're coming by. And it's just – it's just kind of looking like people just don't necessarily want to play with LeBron at this point in his career. And, you know, I, I don't know what this means for LeBron as far as his legacy goes, but as far as the Lakers being competitive, I don't think things look good, Dan. What are your thoughts on LeBron right now at this point with uh, with John's Magic stepping down? I mean, just shocked that Magic would feel handcuffed after bringing in the one player in the NBA who – believes he's also a general manager like the fact that you (laughs) thought that this was gonna work out well if you didn't want to you know just want to have fun just you know didn't want to get in between people you brought in the number one guy who's the only thing he's better at the basketball is pissing people off and getting in between people so uh it's it's not a surprise and and to your point people don't want to play with him anymore because he's obviously still one of the best basketball players in the world, if not still the best basketball player in the world. Uh, but the the skills are declining. He's getting older. Um, there's just there's only so much longer he can do it. And if you're one of these younger players, you know, do you really want to go deal with uh, who is now LeBron, who's now kind of an old man in terms of of NBA age? He's trying to trying to be the cool dad, getting you to play in Space Jam too. Anyone just basically laughing in your face now. Uh, and it, it's just, it's a dumpster fire. I mean, but I believe we all three called this when he went to LA. I don't think any one of us said this would end up well, that he would end up winning championships. We all said he was going out there to, to be Hollywood, not necessarily to win basketball games. And I think other people see that too. Other players see that too. Why go play with a guy who is more interested in remaking a movie than winning another championship? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the narrative LeBron's going to want to, you know, show. He's going to want it to look like he went out to L.A. to to become Hollywood now that the, the team is imploding the way it has. I, I think he wants to win. I mean, I, I think LeBron will say now that he doesn't have anything to prove and he's got championships and rings and if he doesn't win another championship, he'll be content with his career. But I think deep down LeBron wanted to go to L.A. and he wanted to bring a number two Scottie Pippen type star with him. And he wanted to win another championship or two or three. And I think he's starting to realize that that is very unrealistic. And now he's just going to change the narrative, which LeBron has been very good at doing throughout his career. He, he likes to change the narrative. And more so than that, he likes to control the narrative. And I think Magic Johnson was just starting to to realize the, the drama that went along with this. And, and he, he wasn't able to be the person 
uh, and the executive that he wanted to be because of you know those tampering rules. And you know, I read today that there were there were several like professional athletes that reached out to him as far as mentorships, and you know that he felt like he couldn't be what he really wanted to be. So I, I kind of get it. I have nothing against Magic. I've never necessarily like been drawn to him for any reason, but I, I think that I, I can understand where he's coming from. You know, because at, at, at the end of the day, he he's one of the greatest. He's possibly the greatest point guard of of all time. And mm-hmm. you know, he had an opportunity to try to do something with the front office of the organization that he won five championships with. Uh, which is something that, you know, not a lot of people get that opportunity. And he steps down on his own accord, uh, you know, with a great relationship with the owner of the team, with the best player, the now the face of the franchise. And he's able to go do whatever it is he chooses to do with the rest of his time. So I, I don't hate it. I respect it. I get it. But at the same time, you know, it, it definitely leaves some unanswered questions as to how bad this franchise really is at this point because he had a huge part in bringing LeBron there last offseason. I mean, he was one of the main reasons LeBron came out there and now to see him step down and LeBron came out and said today as well that he was shocked by it. So uh, it's definitely interesting. It's going to be it's going to be kind of fun to watch what transpires this offseason, especially with L.A., but also, you know, with some of the big stars that are going to be free agents. Uh, and, and, and if they don't get anybody, uh, you know, it could be it could be the last time LeBron makes the playoffs because it, it, he'll be 35, I believe, next year. His his prime is going to be passed, and he 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 was hurt pretty much half of the year this year as well. So if he has another year where he faces injuries and doesn't have stars by, by his side, I mean, LeBron not only maybe could be have seen his last championship, but he could have potentially seen his last playoff game if they can't bring another star in there. Yeah, I mean, that's that I think is the key here. Is you know. There's no way Magic is leaving if he was able to pull off the trade for Anthony Davis. And that's just the reality. You know, you can say what you want about wanting to have fun and whatever. But I think that, like, the writing's on the wall a little bit. And there's there, it would be completely naive to think that all these other things aren't factors in his decision. I mean, it's much easier to get out now than to take the risk on not bagging Anthony Davis or one of these big free agents this offseason. Um, and be considered a failure. I mean, he can leave right now with his head held high. Like Dan said, he did get LeBron James. And, you know, he can leave with generally his reputation intact in SoCal. And, you know, I'm not sure that's going to be the case a year from now. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all transpires. We'll be watching. Um, but the other member of LeBron's banana boat crew back from uh, 2015, <laughs> Dwayne Wade, uh, plays his last game tonight. In Brooklyn, uh, the Banana Boat crew was all there. They had Carmelo, they had Chris Paul, and LeBron all there for Dwayne Wade's last game. He played his last home game last evening. He had a triple-double and 30 points uh, in his final home game. And, and you know, it, it, I think it's just important for us as sports fans and, you know, people who do a podcast here about sports to, to just sit back and kind of look back at the career that Dwayne Wade had. I mean, he's... He's a guy that 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 it's won championships. He stayed with the same team for most of his career. Um, he came back home to Chicago for a short time. I mean, this is a guy who just I think if nothing else, you might not like the Heat, uh, you might not necessarily love Dwayne Wade, but you absolutely have to respect what he's been able to do. Um, you know, Dan, I think back in Dwayne Wade's career, how how amazed were you by by this guy being able to come from Marquette and just you know become one of the best players of all time? Probably the best true shooting guard of all time. Oh, easy. <laughs> yeah, would you consider Jordan a true shooting guard, though? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think it was more of a 2-3. 
I think it was more of a swing. Scotty Pippen was a three. Yeah, but that's fair. I, I get. I hear you. True the off star. Yeah, the I, off star. I, I think we can suffice say one of one of the best, and we'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. But you know, listeners, feel free to to let us know your thoughts on whether he is or whether Jordan's a true shooting guard or not. I think we'll save that one for a different show. But yeah, you said it. I to mean, be fair, I'm not saying he's better than Jordan. I think we can. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We. Yeah, we got. It. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, one of those guys in, in today's world and, and we have criticized a lot of people on this podcast for this, he was one of the last guys to really stay with a, a team for most of his career, uh, really stick it out, really try to, to win. Obviously, you know, LeBron comes to him and, and Bosch comes to him and that makes it easy, but it is going to be kind of crazy to think of the difference in narrative. Uh, you know, we talked about LeBron and, and now going to Dwayne Wade of, uh, I think that narrative of, of that super team where it didn't really feel like no one really ever criticized Dwayne Wade for it, right? Everyone kind of criticized LeBron for it, uh, which is kind of crazy. But it's it's still, like you said, I mean, one of well, the greatest. Uh, he was one of those guys that always wanted the ball when the game was on the line. Uh, it's that kind of Jordan-esque. Uh, he always felt bigger than the game. He felt uh, he felt a little Superman-esque. Uh, that's just a, a talent that you can't teach and a talent that that comes with tons of hard work and tons of natural ability um, and, and just that X factor of it, you were always nervous uh, if you were the opponent and he had the ball or, or, or you knew, knew a play was getting drawn up for him uh, with a second to go down two and you knew he was going to pull up for a three or, or make a big – he always seemed to make a big shot uh, when you really needed it. And, and and cool to see him go home to Chicago uh, and, and play a, a little bit there. I mean, that was, a, he had said, a, a lifelong dream. And he kind of got to do everything you want to do uh, if you're an NBA superstar. You go win championships and you get to go play for the team that you wore a jersey for when you were a little kid. He kind of, uh, you know, and married one of the most beautiful women on the planet. He kind of <laughs> got it all. I mean, really, if you, if you could pick an NBA superstar to be, uh, it'd be hard to not say you'd be Dwayne Wade. Yeah, and he's a good guy, you know, all, all around, off the court too. You know, he does a ton in the community. He's, uh, you know, well respected in pretty much any avenue that you look. Uh, aren't you any thoughts on uh, on on Dwayne Wade or you know even even Dirk, who is another guy that we're going to talk about? Oh, it's interesting symmetry to have both these guys retire essentially at the same day. Given, I don't think I've ever rooted harder for a non Bulls team than that Mavs team against Dwayne Wade in the finals against all odds to win that. And, all on the back of Dirk. And I think that Dan brought up really interesting and really worthwhile point about Dwayne Wade, which was before the LeBron and Bosch thing happened, this dude, it was a self-made man. Like, I mean, he came in the league at 20 to 21, I believe, um, you know, out of Marquette, like he, 23, actually, he was 23 years old as a rookie. I mean, that's, that's wild. Sorry, 22, but either way he was long. And I remember him at Marquette too, but this guy's a six, four point point guard shooting guard that's right and you know i mean like it should have been nothing i mean lightly recruited out of the chicago area and you know i think of jimmy butler as following the footsteps of Dwayne wade but you know jimmy butler was always six seven six eight big shouldered dude i mean Dwayne wade made himself into what he became there was nothing like wade at the time to be a six four positionless kind of combo guard so impressive and you know easy to forget about what he was because of the villain he became over the course of his career. Um, but, you know, he was absolutely amazing. And I wonder how different 
we'd be looking at him if he and Bosch had come to Chicago like they were expected to when his agent was in Chicago and his family was living here and he was expected to come. But then obviously LeBron changes the trajectory of everything. Would have been a different story, I think. Um, but that being said, I, I, I w- want to give some time to Dirk because I think that this is one of the truly most underappreciated stars of this generation. This guy completely changed the game. I mean, you talk about the Hall of Fame and you know the fact that generally the standard for the Hall of Fame is the fact that you can't write the history of the NBA without player X. I mean, you definitely cannot write the history of the NBA without Dirk Nowitzki. And A, to come from overseas and change the whole perspective on how the NBA thought of European players. But then B, even more specifically, I mean, to be a seven-footer that could shoot and, you know, really dominate the game on three different levels um, was just incredible, especially when he came up at a time when bigs were much more valued than they are now as far as post players. And he just, he just totally changed everything. And, um, you know, I, I just, I feel like that championship was the perfect, you know, cherry on top of his career. It would have been great if he could get another one. If he had won one with Nash, that's Mark Cuban's greatest um, regret that he always says that those two guys didn't get one together. But luckily Dirk did get one. And, um, you know, he's a no questions asked Hall of Famer. And you want to talk about one of the best at his position. Dirk, to me, is one of the all-time great power forwards in the history of the game as well. Yeah, I mean, Dirk is just, he's, he's a transcendent type of player that you just hadn't really seen somebody like him before he came along. And, you know, to stay in Dallas for his entire career and, and to knock off such great superstars as he did at times during his career in Dallas is just yeah. absolutely amazing. I mean, I don't know if we'll see, I mean, you, you're, you're going to see more guys. I mean, Chris Stapps Porzingis is kind of in the same vein because he, he has that deep shot. But that fadeaway that Dirk had, I just don't know if we're going to see somebody with such a signature perfection type of shot like Dirk had with that mid-range fadeaway. And, and, you know, to see him do it in the same place for so long and never really look at, uh, you know, being one of those guys to try try to chase rings. And and the the Mavericks, Dallas and and Mark Cuban did a really good job of putting good enough people around Dirk, uh, kind of in the same vein, like the way the Spurs have built teams, like – the, yes. the, the Mavs Very just – they did not necessarily go out and like try to sign the biggest free agent on the market, but they signed guys that kind of fit the mold of what they were trying to do, like Jason Kidd. You mentioned Steve Nash. Uh, you know, they, DeAndre they, they, Jordan. They, DeAndre yeah. Jordan, Devin Harris. I mean, they had guys that were perfect role players to play alongside Dirk. And, you know, it was just always understood that he was going to be the face of that franchise uh, as long as he was there. And even now, uh, as kind of he's starting to – pass the torch to probably Luka Doncic and, and you know, Kristaps Porzingis, if he gets healthy enough to be a, a part of that. Uh, it's it's just, it's a testament to Dirk. Uh, everybody loves him. You nev- you will never hear anybody say a bad word about Dirk unless you were uh, his opponent that, that lost in a sp- particular series. And I think that that's, you know, that's one of the things that you just have to look back on and appreciate about the game of basketball. When you talk about guys, there's, you know, a lot of the superstars in the league, whether it's LeBron or Kobe or even Michael Jordan, there was so many haters of those guys. And with Dwayne Wade and, and even Dirk, I, I, I've, I've never had a negative opinion about them, even though I hated those Miami Heat teams and I never really had a rooting interest for Dallas. These are two guys that you just kind of love from afar because they're such good guys and they're such good players. It's hard to dislike them, especially back to the point of being with those the same team for so long in their career at this point where we're at in the NBA when nobody does that. Dan, any thoughts on Dirk before we move along? I mean, I think you guys said it best. I'll just I'll just build on it a little bit from your point of he really changed the game. I mean, 
this is a guy who, when he came in, you know, the best centers in the league were, were guys like Shaquille O'Neal, uh, guys like David Robinson at the end of his career, Tim Duncan. Um, you know, these weren't guys who were who were seven foot three point shooters, and and really paved the way for a lot of the guys you see today. You know, I don't think there's guys like Kevin Durant. Um, if you didn't have somebody like Dirk Nowitzki, because coaches wouldn't let it happen, right? They'd say you're six eleven, you're six ten, six eleven, seven foot, right? You stay, you stay in the yep. post, and, and Dwight Howard's a great example of that. He was he was so yeah. so skinny earlier in his career, and then you know he he beefed it on because he wanted to be that type of big guy. It's a great point, Dan. Yeah, so I mean, I would just say that, like like Anshu said, you can't write the history of the NBA, and I think the future of the NBA is forever changed because of Dirk. I love it. Good stuff. Well, we've talked a lot about history uh, on, on the last segment here. There's a big event here that, that's got quite the storied history with the Masters coming up this weekend. Aren't you? I know you're a huge Masters fan. Uh, this kind of gets people excited about golf, and then it wears away shortly after this weekend, usually for most <laughs> sports fans. Uh, but the Masters is just its such a good feeling. I've got a friend down there. He's been sending me pictures. He was, uh, he was having a margarita on his back porch. Uh, yesterday, and Gary Player's walking by playing around a golf. I just, wow. it's, it's just such a such a cool experience to be down there. I, I know a couple of our other friends have gone. I, I, that's one of the things, bucket list as a sports fan, I just want to be able to be a part of. But aren't you, talk about your love for the Masters and then maybe give us some thoughts on who you think has a, a chance to win this thing and get a green jacket. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably the best non-big three or big four sporting event there is um you know it's it's absolutely amazing i you know i wasn't a huge golf fan growing up i would say minus just watching tiger just to see what happened but um you know over the last 10 years or so i think i've i've really grown to appreciate it and and there's just nothing like augusta i mean they still are one of the worst as far as not understanding their viewership like the fact that they don't publicly televise or that they don't televise you know, the first few rounds during the day just makes absolutely no sense to me. But, you know, because everyone wants to watch. But that exclusivity and the fact that it's, you know, a rarity for people to find just, you know, obviously over the weekend, it just gets super intense and insane. And I think that, you know, we've talked about this field um, the last year and a half or so. And I think that the field has helped, you know, bring out the best in this specific tournament. And, you know, hopefully the weather cooperates and we get, you know, these big names, but the big names are, are very, very legit. And it's just going to play up the, uh, like the majesty of the tournament. Do you have a favorite in the, in the field this year? A favorite? I, I mean, I think the favorite betting wise is, is clearly Rory McIlroy. The way, way he's been playing the last few day, weeks has been, um, very, very impressive. Um, but you know, I, I, for my money, I think Justin Rose is a super good bet. And one of these times, man, our boy Ricky is going to break through and uh, and get that either the green jacket or at least a major. Um, but I, I'm not sure this is going to be the chance. And then you just never know. Tiger has played pretty well um, in his in his tournaments leading up. There are rumors that he's been at Augusta the last few weeks and just completely dominated. It's apparently, he shot a 65 after, in the last 17 holes or 64 in the last 17 holes the other day. Um, so you know, if he's on, there's no beating him and. Uh, yeah, I mean, those names, I think, are, are the ones to watch. But I would guess if I had to make a pick, I would pick Justin Rose. Justin Rose, number one in the world right now. That's not a bad pick. Uh, Dan, any thoughts here on the Masters? Who do you think is going to be rocking the green jacket after the weekend's all said and done? So when it comes to golf betting, I'm all about 
finding that value bet, that guy who's in the kind of, uh, you know, 20 to 30 to one odds to win it. I think those, those are the most fun to root for. Uh, so my name I'm going to give you is Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, he, Ooh. yeah, yeah. I, you know, I got a weird, it's just a weird feeling on this one. Uh, finished 17th last year. And the big thing we all notice with Augusta is you just have to hit greens. Like it's, it's just, it's the tournament that there's just no margin for error. Uh, and he's consistently been one or two in the world, uh, in, in greens and regulations, uh, green, uh, excuse me, greens and regulation lately. So, uh, I, I got a weird, weird odds on that. Um, he's kind of been anywhere from 20 to one to 25 to one, depending on what, uh, book you're looking at. So Tommy Fleetwood's going to be my name to go for. I like it. I don't hate it. I like, I like taking a little bit of a flyer here in this tournament. You know, there's, there's been names in golf that have really been made at Augusta. When you think back on some of the, the great tournaments that we've watched over the years, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to get it underway. I'm always kind of, uh, you, you mentioned Anshu, Rory, uh, excuse me, not Rory, um, Ricky Fowler. He's always kind of the guy I feel like is going to get over that hump finally. He had a good Masters last year but couldn't quite uh, pull it off. I think he finished third or fourth last year. Um, but but there's there's quite a few guys. Jason Day is a guy that I think could uh, potentially come out of uh, you know that top twenty range and, and maybe move into a, a top five type of a finish. Uh, John Rahm's been playing a lot of great golf lately as well. Louis Oosthuizen's a guy that I've always got my eyes Love on. Love him, uh, Louis Oo. Uh, but yeah, there's he's there's been awesome. He has. He's been on fire lately. Uh, Webb Simpson's been playing some good golf, but just just the tournament itself. I mean, it brings out the best in a lot of people. Uh, and, and you see pl- some guys that you maybe didn't expect, like Dan just alluded to, that are playing their best golf just because of that, just kind of being in the moment and, and, and just kind of uh, play, playing their best because of, of the, the spectacle of it all. So you just you love love watching that. Uh, I'm excited to be able to watch some of this with you, Anshu, uh, and uh, we're, we're just excited to get this thing underway. Um, so the Masters, you know, we, we talk about it every year. It's a tradition truly unlike any other, uh, and I just can't wait to hear Jim Nance tell us that about 100 times uh, on, on, throughout the weekend. So uh, very excited for that. Um, we did go a little long in the tooth on the retirements. Uh, we do want to talk a little bit of NBA playoffs, but we'll save that for next week. We're going to have the NBA playoffs get underway um, here this uh, weekend. I think Saturday is the first game. Uh, we are excited for that, and we had some seedings that got finalized here tonight in the NBA playoff uh, push. You had the Pistons uh, finishing the, getting the eight seed, which knocked Charlotte and Miami out. Orlando finishes seventh, and Brooklyn finishing sixth. So it's going to be Detroit, Milwaukee, Orlando, Toronto, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Boston, Indiana. And then in the west, we've got Golden State versus the Clippers, uh, San Antonio versus Denver, uh, Oklahoma City and Houston, that's going to be an excellent series. And then Portland and Utah. Uh, any any specific first-round series either you guys uh, are just dying to keep an eye on? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at that Houston-Oklahoma City game, or excuse me, series, and I just I can't wait till that one gets started. Oh, man, that is, that's definitely the one to circle, especially I was talking to Chris about this a little bit last week, and, you know, that I think Oklahoma City is like plus 2,000 to win win the NBA title. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but we talk about investments all the time. I mean, this this is a team that if they beat Houston, there's a really good shot that they could beat a banged-up Denver team in the second round. And, you know, then all bets are off. I mean, look, they're probably not going to go through Houston, Denver, and Golden State. I mean, they probably aren't going to go through Houston alone, but they could, and that home court advantage is real. 
And, you know, if they get to the West Finals, that is that is the team I think Golden State does not want to face in these playoffs. I agree. That's just a tough test. West I playoffs. mean, first round. I, and it's partly because they were so inconsistent this year where Oklahoma City, but they do have kind of the matchup that I think that uh, Golden State does fear. Uh, what about you, Dan? Anything in the East that uh, you're looking at? I mean, I, I think that Boston-Indiana series could be interesting. Yeah, for sure. It's, this playoff series is tough. Uh, you know, without having my Pelicans in it, I, I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Yeah, they're in I good can, shape. I Anthony really... Davis, that's all, folks. Do you see yeah, that? Yeah, good. Pay that close attention. So uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah, you said it. I mean, Boston, Indiana is the one that, I mean, really I think the only one that is going to be much of a series at all in the East. Uh, you know, Brooklyn, I just don't think, can run with the Sixers. Uh, Milwaukee, obviously, uh, with the number one seed, I don't think it's going to have any problem getting rid of Detroit um, and Toronto as well. Probably just going to blow the doors off the Magic. So uh, you kind of have one series left to watch in the East, uh, and, and that's Boston. Um, so I, I think Boston comes out on top. I don't really see Indiana being able to uh, to run with a fully healthy Boston team uh, at any point. So it, I think it's the Celtics here. Um and probably in six. Okay. Uh, I think that's fair, guys. Oh, let's get to quick oh, by the ways, before we wrap this thing up. Anshu, what do you have for us this evening? So we touched on Dwayne Wade real quick, but I don't know if you saw the Budweiser tweet video about Dwayne yes, Wade. Yes, that was amazing. That? Tear, tear, tear. Oh, my it God. Was so that was got very dusty in here. Um, I – yeah, like again, I I am not a big Dwayne Wade guy. I mean, I, I've I've sort of evolved over time with him, where I liked him, then I hated him, and now I appreciate him more. But that was something really, really awesome. So if you get the chance, I mean, Budweiser's pimping the sh- <laughs> just the hell out of it all over our social media. But I mean, I would I would definitely go check that out because it gives you some very unique perspective on uh, what appears to be a very good man in Dwayne Wade. Yeah, definitely. Dan, what do you got? So I, anybody who's been listening to this show for a while knows uh, it's NHL playoff hockey time, and I love talking about it when it is. So we get that kicked off underway tonight. Uh, the Blue Jackets from Columbus, Ohio, uh, my home state, with a huge comeback win. They were down 3-0 against the Lightning. Uh, come back and win that one 4-3. Uh, the Islanders get off to a big win against the Penguins. Um, and then Blues over the Jets, 2-1. to one. And then uh, as we're recording here on Wednesday evening, uh, Pred Stars and Night Sharks uh, are just kind of getting underway. So we do not have finals for that one. But I will keep you updated on uh, NHL scores. So for those of you who don't care, feel free to turn it off after Anshu, though, by the way, <laughs> week for the next couple of weeks. You hate to Hawks see a – jumped up. Did you see a Hawks jump up to the three pick? Yeah, I did see Hawks at the third 12 pick. 12 to three. Oh, Huge. NHL, I don't know. I, I mean, neither of you guys uh, probably have as many, like, NHL-related Twitter follows as I do. NHL Zero. Twitter was so mad. I mean, like, just like, oh, man, the NHL, like, fixing it again for the Hawks. Can they, like, uh, just yada, yada, yada. It was, uh, it was a rough hour or two. On NHL Twitter, Even they did jump up to number one because apparently well, the kid that's it going one down. is like, yeah, 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 yeah screw him. Yeah, it's like the top two, top two draft picks. I 
I'm not going to pretend like I know their names, um, but I know it's like kind of the top two and then it's everybody else. So, yeah. Ah, the, damn it. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, we'll talk more <laughs> just, about that on our NHL draft preview show. <laughs> yeah. Just just for that, Josh, we're going to do one. I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, I've, I've just got a quick one, a couple injury updates in the NBA. We just kind of briefly glossed over the NBA playoffs that are coming up this weekend. It looks like Joel Embiid might not be ready. So you, you mentioned the – you know, we, we talked about Philadelphia in, in that first round. They're going up against uh, Brooklyn, who, who has been playing very, very well and, and kind of a, a year ahead of where a lot of people thought they would be. So hopefully for Philadelphia's sake and just kind of for making the Eastern Conference playoffs competitive, hopefully he does get ready a little sooner than potentially expected. And then Marcus Smart, uh, you talked about the Celtics. He's kind of their heart and soul. He's, he's probably their best defender. Uh, he could miss the first two rounds of the playoffs. So that's a huge loss for Boston, uh, who's kind of struggled to find their identity at times this season. And when Marcus Smart's in there, they, they do seem to be better, at, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So those are two significant injuries. We talked about Milwaukee's trying to get healthy as well. Uh, they should be getting some folks back. Malcolm Brogdon was out for a while. Uh, your boy, uh, Anshu. Heritage uh, is coming back the first round. It, will yep. he be back for that first game? It looks like it, yes. So that's a huge uh, addition by by way of returning from injury there as well. So we'll, we'll be watching the NBA playoffs. We'll be watching the Masters this weekend, and we'll give you our reactions to both uh, on next week's show. But uh, anything you guys wanted to add before we wrap this thing up? Thanks for listening, as always. Love it. All right, Franchu Khan, I'm Dan Bauer. I'm Josh Dunn. This has been The Leftovers. We will see you next week.